Hey guys, it's uh, C.S. Joseph, and uh, just doing another episode of Confessions of an ENTP. Wanted to do a quick little wrap-up of uh, what we've been talking about recently within the community, and that's the subject of door slamming. And I think there's a lot of confusion out in the community about what specifically door slamming looks like. And it's often something that I attached X-rated sensors because of their totemic memory, uh, because uh, if they have like reminders of people in their life, or if they have people in their life, the people themselves and the reminders, the old uh, cards, for example, etc., or all the totems thereof, just you know, constantly remind them and keep their memories alive of the particular person that wronged them or whoever it is that they cut out of their life. The difference is, though, is that a lot of people actually assume that ghosting is a part of door slamming, and that's not true. It's not true at all. Uh, we got some people joining. We got Booga and Lois and Michael and I think that's Kiai. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining, folks. Um, so. Like totems, like, so for example, I got a bunch of, um, um, old, uh, you know, cards from when Railgun and I got married, for example, and that's cool. Uh, oh, there's like a Christmas card in there too, and whatnot, but yeah. But those are totems, those are like memories, because experted sensing stores memory into physical objects, and... Whenever, like, an INJ, for example, because they're the ones that need to door slam the most with the INFJ door slamming the most, that's not to say that ESTPs and ISTPs don't do it. And in some cases, SFPs can do it, but they don't really often do it because um, they just really don't often do it. I've known uh, ENTJs and INTJs to do it, but in my experience, SFPs just don't really do it as much. And I think it's because of that super high... FI sympathy that they have for people. So they kind of have a hard time pulling off a door slam, etc. Uh, but they can do it. It just doesn't really happen as often with them. It happens the most with INFJs followed by INTJs. Uh, and then I think it happens uh, after that with uh, ENTJs, then ENFJs. Uh, ENFJs stay a little bit longer because that FE hero but FI inferior requires more personal protection, so ENTJ is like in third place. And then after that, ESTP, then ISTP, uh, then uh, ISFP, and then ESFP in that order in terms of like the level of magnitude that uh, a door slam would take place, etc. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Experted sensors need to, you know, when they're cutting someone out of their life, they just need to like completely cut off all communication with them, destroy all of the um, evidence that that person even existed in their extroverted sensing with new memories and new things hitting their heads over time. It just kind of wipes away the old memories and they can move on and live with life basically, right? Unless of course, you know, you're NI hero. If you're NI hero, you can't let go. You just, you really can't let go because it's kind of stored in to SI demon bitterness, etc. So um, that's just kind of like the, the general, uh, you know, in generally how it goes. Um, so, but why am I talking about this? Uh, it's because, you know, obviously for extroverted sensors to have healthy relationships with people, they need to make sure that they're not at risk of mirroring them, mirroring their behavior. Now, all extroverted sensors are mirrors, except it's the INFJ that is the biggest mirror with the ESTP being the second biggest mirror uh, of them all, uh, because you have FE and SE, you know, mixed together, right? But that's that's just not. Uh, I mean, it doesn't mean that the other expert sensors, even Wayfair types, you know, don't mirror behavior or door slam in some capacity. Although I think Wayfarers are more they they copy more often. It's more of like a copying, not necessarily a mirror. Whereas Templars mirror more, I would say. But either way, to protect themselves and because they're experted sensors, they need to door slam people. However, 
when it comes to NPs, because they have to protect their introverted sensing, they actually choose to ghost people instead. And I've ghosted a lot of people in my time. Um, I've even, I, I've ghosted uh, old friends because I knew that they were like insanely toxic. I've ghosted people that used to work for me in some cases uh, because they were toxic, etc. And I've ghosted people that I've played games with for years and years and years, like over half a decade, basically, for like six years. And it was all just, you know, a wash. And and a lot of people get ghosting and uh, door slamming very confused. Ghosting is more defined by like cutting off all contact without letting the other person know that they are somebody who you know, uh, who is unwanted in their life, basically, right? And ghosting is interesting because ghosting allows the SI user to put themselves in the position of the responder, right? Because naturally, the introverted intuitive, the NI user, is in the position of initiator. And remember, when you're in the position of the responder, and this is regardless of your interaction style being initiating or responding, it doesn't matter. If you're an SI user, you can still easily take on the role of responder because there's so many different layers to psychology as it exists. But the point is, um, when it happens, um, so, uh, okay, I don't understand, like, let's, uh, let's keep the chat a little bit chill, guys. You know, um, so, but yeah, like, it's to let them know that they're not there, right? That's door slamming. But ghosting is to maintain your position in power because the power is always in the responder. If someone's initiating with you, uh, you always are in the position of power because you have the ability to choose to respond. And ghosting is what NPs do, for example, or SI users in general. That's what SI users do to people, they ghost people. SE users door slam, SI users ghost, right? And the biggest ghoster types, I would say, I think the type that probably ghosts people the most uh, in is definitely, gosh, it's really, really hard to say, but I think it's INFPs. And again, that's just conjecture, I don't really have enough experience observing ghosting but i think infps probably at least have the reputation of having like the worst habit in terms of ghosting people but that's not to say that i don't do it because i do it to people all the time and usually like if i'm not initiating with somebody if i'm not keeping them in loop in the communication it's uh, you know after a while it's either i forgot or there's higher priority stuff or chances are i've actually ghosted them and i don't want them around but allows me to stay in the position of power with those people because I always have the opportunity to choose whether or not to respond to their potential initiation. They may never initiate with me again, and I'm fine with that. But if they do, if it's an opportunity that I could take advantage of in that moment, of course, you know, I'm keeping my option open to be able to do that. And that is why SI users are all about ghosting because extroverted intuition is all about opportunity. It's all about uh, generating opportunities. Um, uh, whereas, uh, you know, potential opportunities that could happen with what people want and people coming to you as a result. So that's just, it's really important to understand these distinctions between ghosting and door slamming. The thing is though, is that because INFPs ghost just as much as INFJs door slam, INFPs often believe that they are ghosting because people don't know how to differentiate the definitions between these two terms. And it's really frustrating. It's very frustrating. But yeah, people don't know how to differentiate between these two terms. And because of that, you have INFPs out there who lack introverted thinking because they lack logic and they're just pure rationale. Uh, they don't know how to tell the difference. So they automatically assume that they're door slamming people when the reality of the situation is they're actually just ghosting people. And that's interesting. It's very, very interesting how that works. And as a result, it creates this chasm of understanding where INFPs walk around thinking they're INFJs and INFJs walk around thinking they're INFPs. This is why I did the, uh, I think it's, season 11 
episode, um, gosh, I think it's episode seven, maybe? No, it's episode eight, maybe. I think it's season 11, episode eight. And that is how do INFJs compare to INFPs? And I put a lot of effort into that lecture. Uh, it's like an hour and a half long, specifically to just hammer the points that these two types are not the same. And you have people out there like Frank James, uh, who basically are claiming consistently that these two types are the same because he thinks he's an INFJ and he's marketing himself out as an INFJ, when in reality he's an INFP the entire time and it's causing a lot of confusion within the community. Um, but I mean, that's okay. I don't, I don't mind him doing that because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's more for me. You know what I'm saying? I get the opportunity to just kind of TI through all that and cut through the bullshit for other people's benefits. So he's effectively creating a market for me or creating problems that I can solve. And I'm not worried about that. I don't draw myself worth based on the numbers or the size of this audience. There's a lot of people that do, and I don't. I, I really just, I, I, I don't care about that. It's not really, um, it's not really my thing. So based on that, uh, it's really just important for people to understand, you know, that there's this huge difference. You really got to know. Now, it's so funny because I was recently accused of, uh, you know, like not listening to people or, you know, projecting, you know, my experiences on other people. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's really easy for anyone to claim that anyone is projecting because by default, everyone is projecting that's just the default state because our minds are doing it the four sides of the mind are projecting all the time so we're projecting our four sides of the mind onto every person around us because our mind is trying to identify who we have camaraderie with and identify who we have uh, compatibility with and we try to lead the people that we have compatibility with and we try to learn from the people that we have uh, camaraderie with. This is like a huge difference, right? Learn versus lead, right? Learn is camaraderie, lead is compatibility, right? And that's that's where that is. And this is why, you know, pedagogue relationships are so important because you literally have learning and leading available in the same uh, sexual relationship. And this is why I maintain pedagogue relationships are probably the absolute most beneficial uh, intimate relationship to any human being that's out there. Of course, you know, there's tons of different combinations and I recommend people get to know as many people as they can and just kind of like, you know, biblically knowing somebody is having sex with them, you know, and I recommend being responsible in that area. But it is a good way to kind of get firsthand knowledge of somebody's cognition and just kind of understand them um, a little bit. I mean, if you have the framework of Jungian behavioral psychology, you'd be able to reach a higher uh, level of sexuality with them as a result, which I highly recommend. Um, but the thing is, though, it's really important that we understand these differences and ghosting and door slamming is just one example of that you know and as an entp like i've been accused of projecting and it's like well are you really thinking that i'm going around door slamming people that's not that's just not what i do i i'm an entp i just ghost people you know if i've fallen out of contact i mean there's a good chance that i've just ghosted the person i just don't really want to talk to them now, if you think about that, it's especially it's especially interesting because like my ISFJ subconscious is always trying to seek harmony and it doesn't really like conflict that much from the ISFJ side because it's being overprotective of my introverted sensing inferior because it becomes the hero of my ISFJ side. And that's it's really frustrating. You know, it's it's really frustrating. Wow, did like the chat just stop? Oh, I think the chat did stop. Huh, interesting. I don't, uh, I don't know why that happened. Let's see if I can pop it out. Uh, okay. <laughs> Change the title to as an ENTV. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think I should do that. Um, so anyway, uh, I restored the chat. That's cool. 
so yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's not pre-recorded. Like, seriously, what the hell? <laughs> I don't. I don't know why people think that, but okay. Cool. Yeah, it's just I have to pop it out in order to see it because for some reason it broke inside the browser, but whatever, it's all good. So with that being said, um, it's just really important to... Stop judging people based on these stereotypes, the stereotypes of, of uh, door slam or ghosting. Yeah, everyone's projecting, but they're projecting with their four sides of the mind to learn or to lead. That's just how it is. And that's why, um, that's why, like, for example, in the context of golden pair, when you're looking at a relationship, a sexual relationship, golden pair, they lead each other, right? In a pedagogue, they lead each other, but they also learn each other at the same time. That's why it's a pedagogue relationship. I mean, in my opinion, that's why it has the highest chances of getting somebody closer to enlightenment. And if you guys want to learn more about pedagogue relationships, I'm about to release the very final episode in season 14 about pedagogue relationships. And I believe that is, gosh, I don't even remember the specific type. Um, it, I think it might be ESFP, ISTJ, but all the other types are already done. So if you want to get in on that, go to csjoseph.life forward slash members and become an apprentice member and you can watch uh, episodes 9 through 16 basically uh, this month uh, for season 14. And the first ep eight episodes will be uh, re-released soon as soon as our new website launches so we can get away from the terror of our current website. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I mean, if people want to do that with their live shows, that's whatever it is, so. All right, apparently I'm an ESFJ. I don't see how I really don't care that much. ESFJs care far more than I do. Um, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's all about, you know, so SI users typically ghost and... Uh, NI users typically door slam. And for me, I've ghosted so many people as an ENTP because it's like, you know, why do I have to destroy potential opportunities for myself? Why do I have to burn the bridge, right? Door slamming is more burning the bridge. Now, this is just my personal opinion here. You know, I could see in situations where burning the bridge is actually wise. Uh, because you're letting the other person know what your boundary is and you're not going to like deal with them anymore, etc. But ghosting can be really, really valuable later because if you have the bridges unburnt, it could actually create some amazing opportunities for you personally later. And this is why I prefer to take the ghosting route because it's like, okay, yeah, you know, I this person may come back to me later and then I'll be put in a position of power where I get to choose as to whether or not I want to partake in what uh, opportunity they're coming to me with. And and that's the power of ghosting people. That's why it's like super important. And for an SI user, that's actually a very healthy behavior. It's a very healthy behavior. That's just kind of how they are. Uh, it allows them to still have opportunities even though they lack extroverted in, or, or they lack introverted intuition so it allows them to still have opportunities because it allows the door open for ni users to come back because even if they don't like an ni user that they've ghosted in the past that ni user may have changed over time for the better or maybe they come back to try to make things right or maybe they come back and provide you with an opportunity even though you're still not on good terms but it could work out and then you are on good terms again. Now granted, uh, ghosting could leave the door open for abuse because the, bur the bridge is not burnt but also burning bridges could create blowback that could also lead to abuse later. The point is, is there's no way to say that ghosting or door slamming is better. They're the same. It's just a different style or way about managing one's life. I get that NI users have a really, really hard time, like high NI users have a really hard time letting go of things. Uh, and that's why they have to rely on the, uh, the door slam. 
But introverted sensors have a hard time letting go of things too because they can get so loyal, right? So there's there's so much uh, there's so much there um, as to how that's going. Okay. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I'm not sure, Janet. It just really depends on some of the context as well. Um, yes, that's correct, Rogue Therapist. That's correct. Um, should ENTP resort to door slamming if partner is way too volatile and same bad cycles keep repeating? So, Fahad, uh, I recommend you go to uh, King Solomon's advice for that, and it is written, better to be on the corner of one's own roof than to be under your roof with a quarrelsome and disrespectful woman. So basically, it's on the ENTP at that point to escape. You know, it's, it's all about escaping. Karova, that has nothing to do with this particular episode of Confessions of an ENTP. Um... So, so yeah, just guys, I'm just mentioning this so that you understand these differences. Uh, and I have, I have door slammed a few people in my life, but predominantly I've mostly ghosted people and you know, that's fine. I, I, you know, sometimes there's people out there that don't even know that I have a problem with them. They just have no clue. And my behind the scenes side, my ISFJ side, it, you know, I'm not going to, inform them that I have a problem with them because I want to see if they actually want to fix a problem. I want to see if they're going to go outside of their level of consistency with me. And that's no different than expert sensing, right? An expert sensor wants to see someone's concrete actions change over time so that person isn't exhibiting a pattern either, right? It's just the difference is, is that I'm more sensitive to their desires and their willpower and their decisions, whereas, uh, like, say, someone like an INFJ is more sensitive to whether or not the other person is being consistent because they're looking for consistency, right? Uh, so, yeah, that's just kind of, like, where it is. Um, yes, emailed Anthrax, and no, he didn't want to cut a baby in half. Who's, who does that? Like... It's just he knew that uh, that wasn't his goal, so I suggest reading that a little bit more. Um, I've only ghosted people early on when I just don't feel like continuing it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Introverted sensors like ENTPs, we get to a point where it's just too bothersome to us to even deal with the person anymore. So it's too much of a bother for us to burn the bridge to begin with when ghosting will still give us the same results anyway, and we could just move on. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's just kind of, it's just kind of better that way, you know? So, yeah. Um, well, it's only a covert contract if, uh, if it's only, if I'm using it to try to get something out of the person. It's not a covert contract if, I'm trying to uh, see if a person's going to change their behavior because they don't know I'm giving them the opportunity to change their behavior. But then they'll just accuse me, oh, you're setting me up for failure. And it's like, no, it's not. I'm waiting to see if you're going to change on your own without my input. And if I have to provide you input, then it's not really a real change. It's just not a real change. So while you may accuse me of being manipulative, oh, and you're just setting me up for failure, that's not it. I need to see that you're actually a real person who can manage your feelings in an appropriate way and your desires in an appropriate way. And if you can't do that, well, then you can't be in my life and I'll just move on because I can't be giving people a playbook to manipulate me later. And that's something that uh, even Railgun has taught me. So... Uh, that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, door slamming can come from caring so much, but so also does uh, ghosting, you know. Why not have an open discussion where you say exactly a few? I mean, I do it sometimes uh, to people like I really, really care about. Yeah, sure. But to like acquaintances and whatnot, or people who are less than acquaintances, it's more of like, who am I going to ghost now? You know what I'm saying? Like introverted sensing only inferior only has so much attention to give to other people. Like if I was a higher, like if I was an SI hero, maybe, 
I could take more of a burden or more of a load in that regard, but my introverted sensing inferior is so low that I don't have enough attention span within my entire life to give my attention to so many people at once. Therefore, I'm only going to have open discussions where I say exactly how I feel to maybe one, two, or three people at any given time, and not more than that. You know, so... Hey, Devin, it's not that I'm talking about something positive. I'm talking about something neutral. Can you tell the difference between something that is positive or negative or neutral? I have FI Trickster, so I am capable of producing neutral content, and I'm stating things based on healthy interactions. It is a healthy, positive thing to get people out of your life that you shouldn't have. So that's pretty neutral, right? Because it seems negative. Oh, Chase, you're so negative for kicking people and cutting people out of your life or ghosting them or door slamming them. And I'm like, yeah, but I have a right to enforce my boundaries. Are you being communist and telling me that I can't? Really? So it's just, it's just what it is, right? Um, door slamming does not fix SI bitterness. Oh, no, not necessarily, because, Duggo, the thing is, is that, you know, INJs, for example, like, if they get attached to you, they just won't let go. And oftentimes, that's why INJs, and both of them do this, when they're trying to get attached to somebody, or they, where they're considering someone with a relationship, it takes them forever to allow themselves to get attached to somebody, because they know once they're attached they can't get away. Even, and that person will always have space in their mind for the rest of their life, even though, even though, right? They can't, uh, even though they go, they try hard to forget about them. They try really, really hard to erase them, right? I've been in relationships with, with INJ women, for example, and we had, you know, relationships years ago but they still can't let go of me. It doesn't matter how many totems they destroy. It doesn't matter how much they try to ignore me. It, it doesn't matter how much they try to forget about me. They still can't let go. They absolutely can't let go. And it's because my extroverted sensing demon was, was able to impact their SI demon so well that I literally etched their soul permanently. And it doesn't matter how much they try to forget, they won't be able to let go. Right, which you know, if if things kind of blew up in their face or whatever, my ISFJ subconscious is like, awesome, justice is served, you know, and that's basically what SE Demon does to people. SE Demon can make such a permanent impact because it can cut so hard and twist the knife so hard in a positive or a negative way. Okay, a positive or a negative way, it can do this. That. I literally become unforgettable to INJs, and I absolutely love that. I absolutely enjoy how I can become unforgettable even to SI Demon. But guess what? ENFPs can as well, and that's SE Demon. Uh, we're the people who can become unforgettable. And this is why INJs have such a hard time allowing themselves getting attached because if they actually allow themselves to get attached, especially in a sexual relationship, they can't let go and they'll never be able to let go. It's so interesting to me because INJs that I've dated in the past, for example, they're always talking about their exes and they like to be on good terms with their exes consistently as much as they possibly can. Uh, and uh, if they have at least one or two exes that they're still on good terms with, they can feel better about themselves and whatnot. Uh, but at the same time, it's just, it's really just a symbol of they're not really able to let go. But that's, that's the thing. Like even, you know, myself as an introverted sensing inferior, there's a risk of Stockholm syndrome and whatnot. You better believe I'm not going to be able to forget anyone in my whole life. That's just the reality because I remember everyone and everything, positive or negative for the most part, right? It's just I have to get over my own personal bitterness by expressing gratitude. But it's so insanely hard for an INJ to express gratitude to someone that they see as somebody who hurt them or somebody they see as somebody who abandoned them, right? And that's just, 
you know, kind of uh, how it works. Okay, so AM says I'm being arrogant. Why are you saying I'm arrogant exactly? I am not here claiming that I'm better than anybody. And uh, I'm not saying that I'm not thinking of myself more highly than I ought or more lowly than I ought. So how am I being arrogant? I mean, you can just label me arrogant because what? Because you don't feel good about what I'm saying? Okay, you don't have to be here watching this live stream. You can go elsewhere. Like, you don't have to be here. So, whatever. Uh, my favorite ENTP that I look up to, it's Bruce Lee, for sure. Uh, definitely. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so to destroy resentment, really, it's it's one of two things, like especially the INJs, there's really only two ways to do it. It's somehow come up with a way to express gratitude to the person that abandoned you or recognize your own personnel responsibility as the reason why they abandoned you. And that's really how INJs can come to a point where they can have healing you know, in that area. And they really, really need healing in that area because they just can't let go. Um, I, I remember giving a gift to uh, an INTJX uh, and, you know, she got super, super mad at me uh, when I caught her lying to me, basically. And uh, and I ended the relationship because she she lied to me about almost every aspect of her life. Um, name, age, uh, what she does for a living, all of it. Uh, it. She just wasn't real. She was nothing more than a straw man, basically. And, you know, she she gets so upset and all SI demon that I abandoned her. And I'm like, well, who did I abandon? <laughs> you know, do you actually know who I abandoned? Because I don't know who I abandoned. I mean, are you, are you even for real? But then it's like, I, I get to tell her, you know, those totems, that, that the gifts that you know, I gave you, it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> go ahead and destroy them, you know, do it. And I would goad her into doing that, destroy those gifts, but an I hero can't let go. You see what I'm saying? And that's an example of how it is. The thing is, though, is that when this person gets to a point where they can take responsibility for why they were abandoned, at that point, they can have healing or get to a point where they could actually express gratitude for uh, the limited time you know that we had in our interactions with each other. That's really the only two ways that an INJ can heal SI demon wounds effectively. Otherwise, they're just trying to door slam, and I hope that they would door slam in a healthy way. The problem is, is that even door slamming, when you have NI hero, it doesn't mean that the permanent etches from my uh, extroverted sensing demon are going to go away right away. They're just not. They still require healing, right? Whereas if you look at ghosting on the other side, there's not necessarily you know wounds per se. It's just a complete and total utter avoidance, and then giving uh, an SI user, giving through their expert intuition opportunities to the other person to heal over time, just away from us. It's like, you know, hey, I'm going to forgive you for what you did, but you can't be in my life, you know, but doors open, you know, if you want to come back, change to change individual, maybe I'll give you another chance, maybe I won't, it just depends on how comfortable, how safe I feel, but at least the door is still open. And there is probably potentially a higher chance for healing as a result of ghosting, where there's a lower chance for healing when it comes to door slamming. So, but again, that's really just conjecture. It's just really conjecture. And I recognize that bearing SI Demon and SI Trickster, for example, those are bigger burdens technically. So, um, and yes, as Buga said in the chat, ghosting is live and let live. It really, really is. Whereas I've had I've had SI demons after me trying to destroy my reputation, destroy my health, destroy my personal safety, destroy my business, destroy you know, like they they actively you know think that oh you slighted me, uh, even though they're not willing to accept responsibility for their own decision making, etc. You know, and their own contributions to which led to you know the me abandoning them effectively, right? Because it was the right thing to do. Uh, it's it's just kind of you know the reality of the situations. Um, 
I what do you mean, Master Exploder? I don't I don't understand where you're coming at from that. And no, Leonardo DiCaprio is not an ISTP. Who said that? Um, and uh, okay, is it an impossible personal goal to never want to 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 want to never ghost people to aspire always to be direct about intentions and stop talking to someone? It, uh, I mean. It depends if you're an SI user or if you're an SE user, and also which one, generic bot face, I'm not entirely sure, you know. So, uh, so yeah, um, okay, and, uh, all right, okay. All right, so let's see. So where did this where did this question actually come from? I was talking to Jab earlier today, actually, and he asked me he asked me this question. Um, he's like, you know, how do you tell someone to leave you alone without hurting their feelings? And I asked him like immediately, I'm like, wait a minute, do you need me to leave me alone? Is this directed at me? And he's like, no. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And he's like, he had identified somebody who was using him basically, right? And I, I'm like, or potentially trying to use him, not someone who actually was using him, but someone who was trying to. And, and uh, you know, typically an INJ in his position would just go with the door slam, but sometimes burning the bridge is not the wisest thing to do as an INJ. It's just not. And it's so funny to me, especially watching INFJs who have burned the bridge and they're so lonely and they've just alienated people because they just keep burning bridges. And they never know why they have any opportunities or why they're constantly alone or whatever. And they end up in you know bad situations over and over and over as a result. So I responded to Jab directly today and I'm like, well, you could do what NPs do. You could just choose to ghost instead. Just ghost, you know. But the thing is, I've noticed that it's really, really hard for even SE users to consider ghosting people. It's really hard. I mean, I've even watched Railgun, for example, delete texts off her phone because if those texts are on her phone, it's like they're stuck in her random access memory of her expert sensing hero, right? And, uh, that's why, you know, introverted intuition just really needs to have some form of finality uh, to things, you know. So that's just kind of, you know, where it comes. And, uh, yeah, um, going in there. So, so yeah. Anyway. Uh yeah, Doran, uh, so burning the bridge is usually how an SE user does it because they really just don't want that space rented in their heads. But the NI heroes with SI Demon, there's still space rented in their heads and it's just not something that they can do. It's why it's really, it's really hard for INJs to allow themselves to get close to somebody because SI Demon is just so painful. It's so incredibly painful because they'll carry those memories with them forever and they don't want to carry those memories with them forever. They just don't want to, as hard as they try to forget. Um, so I already talked about that FJBZ3 and that's through extroverted intuition, um, etc. But yeah, and, and you know, Railgun makes a good point. She also doesn't have, you know, like screenshots either, like, when you're deleting your text because you're trying to make sure that they don't rent space in your head, then you as an SE user don't have those screenshots for use later. Although INJs can do that just fine, but SPs really, really struggle with that uh, as well uh, because it just it doesn't mean anything. They've completely lost energy. Those memories have lost energy, etc. So yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, and, and the thing is too, like, SI users also can go to the effort to build bridges again. Like, door slams can be undone. Uh, the thing is, is that it just has to get to a point where the person who did the door slam accepts what 
their contribution to that led to the disloyalty or what led to the abandonment basically and then if they can accept that they'll they'll take responsibility for it and then they'll have their half of the bridge built and then it's the SI user giving the NI user another chance then they have their half of the build the, the bridge built and then all of a sudden boom they have a friendship or a relationship again you know that's literally how it works it really takes two people in that moment to be able to restore that relationship and this is something that I've had to come to terms with as an ENTP because I you know I've I've oftentimes not given people enough chances or I've given way too many chances uh, to other people which has caused my triple systematic self to be you know taken advantage of and that's not good and that's one of the things that railguns helped me with by developing health helping me develop healthy habits of making sure that I'm aware of people's interests uh, you know as as a result uh, so yeah um, well I'm glad to be of help Janet um, very glad to be of help. I'm sure that you've been wondering to yourself whether or not you are an INFJ, even though, yes, you are an INFJ, but, uh, hopefully this confirms it for you. Um, okay. Yeah, well, that's funny, Lazarus, because, I mean, even that happens. Like, Railgun had, like, a friend in her life that she hadn't talked to in a while, and it just kind of, they just reset it, and both of them, you know, built the bridge and moved on, and it was fantastic. I I don't really often have that experience uh, for myself, uh, but you know, every now and then I'll give somebody another chance and give it a go and see what happens. It's just that in my life, given how so rare and how different I am to like this culture, even uh, because you know, like what like what we talked about in the last episode of Confessions of an ENTP. TI parent outcast because I'm a TI parent outcast and it's kind of cool because Railgun and I can be TI parent outcast together so it's like us against the world and watching our TI parents grind people into dust when they're trying to get into uh, verbal combat with us is hilarious to me but yeah um, you know so yeah broke her arm and busy I don't know <laughs> I don't know why you said that. Um, how do you avoid other people ghosting you? Um, well, you know, the thing is, though, is that an SI child that decides to ghost could be ghosting for selfish reasons, just like people can unhealthily or door slam for selfish reasons. Like, I again, this is all very neutral, guys. You got to stop thinking in terms of absolutes, right? You really got to stop thinking about that. I just got some interesting text messages. Um, so, yeah. All right. Awesome members. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, uh, sure thing, Janet. Um, yes, I am the cuddle bear for Railgun. Railgun's cuddle bear. All right, let's see. Uh, I mean, well, Daniel, like, INFPs do great with ESTPs, so why not? You know, uh, ESTP women like INFPs, so yeah. It, it really is a Power Ranger ability, I promise. Uh, I know better than to get an argument with my ENTP friend, not a good idea. Well, the thing is, though, is that a lot of ENTPs, because of their TI parent, they can get, and if it's not really well developed, they can be super, super stubborn, and they have, like, these huge echo chambers in their heads if, you're not, if they're not careful. And you have to expose the echo chamber in their head. And if an INFP is willing to uh, break their silence... Uh, to state their opinion and uh, expose the echo chamber uh, to the ENTP. And if the ENTP listens, the ENTP will be way better off. I actually had this happen to me by a member of this audience who met me at a Panera Bread one time. And he's an INFP, and he let me have it. And I was very thankful that he actually did that because I learned so much uh, in that moment so I could avoid having that bullshit echo chamber in my head. So... 
So yeah, um, confession month apparently. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, they can't. Uh, <laughs> impossible. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, um, well, I mean, no, that's not necessarily true. I, I mean, T T heroes you can you can talk to, and sometimes like like so for example, Relgan and I, uh, we actually we actually door slammed somebody together and did uh, dual TI parent on a situation, but there's this restaurant nearby that we go to sometimes on Fridays and they got this really nice pyre outside where they have a fire in it and whatnot. And we just sit around it. We don't even order anything for the restaurant. We just kind of pragmatically show up and sit down. And then throughout the rest of the evening, people will just sit down at the fire with us and I'll start talking to them and I'll start psychoanalyzing them or saying this or that. It's hilarious because the people are there like, hey Chase, you know, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, guys, I'm a psychic. I'm like, really? I'm like, absolutely. I'm a psychic. Oh, man, can you do a reading on me? And I'm like, absolutely. It's so funny because people are more willing to accept me being a psychic than they are willing to accept me being a psychologist. So, which is absolutely hilarious to me. But yeah, I, without using psychology terminology, I basically read their mail to them and they thought, wow, you know, that's really cool. So you really are psychic. I'm like, yeah, I am, you know. But like, we were talking about a lot of different sociological, psychological things to this group of people on this fire. And this rando ESTJ comes out of nowhere and it's just like, you know, she got really insecure. Her FI inferior started feeling bad because a lot of what I was saying was actually referring to her and she got really butt hurt. So she had to interrupt us so that she could stop feeling bad anymore, you know, because she didn't like all those negative vibes, etc. cetera. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it was hilarious. Well, one thing led to another. She came in and that really pissed off Railgun and Railgun just absolutely unloaded on her. It was an amazing spectacle. One thing led to another and we ultimately did a door slammed her and we ended up leaving, right? But you know, just sometimes there's those people that you can't reach and you know, she was very disrespectful and super, uh, super, uh, you know, like, like ridiculous. So anyway, um, no, about her ESTJ, excuse me. Um, so yeah, never not put magical dust in the truth, I guess, LOL. So yeah, um, oh, I'm getting more uh, text messages again. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. All right. Someone's messaging me about uh, relationship advice or something, I guess. <laughs> Why am I looking at this during a live stream? I have no idea. It's because I'm an ENTP, right? Awesome. All right. Yeah, it, it is It is fun to watch. It was like super fireworks, you know. Um, and, and, and Railgun handled that so, so well. And it's so funny being in those situations where I'm comparing myself to Railgun in that moment and like, wow, am I being too affiliative right now? Or there are times where I'm like, well, am I being too pragmatic right now? Because our IFJ subconsciouses like kind of like keep track of where the other person is. It's so interesting. Um, so yeah, okay. Uh, how does trust fit in with the door slam? That's a great question. Um, it really depends on how each individual person defines that trust, basically. Uh, and I, I I can see how a lot of INJs get really, really needy. Well, Templar, like the, the INFJ gets super, super needy. And how like an INTJ, you know, how they would do it, they, they do it differently, basically. But it really, it really just comes down to you know what it is, etc. So yeah, how can people stop taking advantage of triple systematic people like yourself? Well, I end up having to ghost them. That's basically it. You know, 
you look like a drug dealer in a Michael Bay movie, LOL. Thanks. SI can come off as affiliative sometimes. Yeah, it can. It, it really can. And I, I, it's it's weird because sometimes Rogan and I will go in the store and she's not wearing a mask, but I am. You know, that's just kind of an, an example of where SI can look affiliative in that moment. So. Okay, so Byzantium Crusader. You need to go to season 11 and watch the How Do INFJs Compare to INFPs lecture in its entirety, please. Um, yes, I got WhatsApp sounds right now. It's hilarious. Uh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, all right. Okay. Yeah, we're just movement. It's just kind of how it is. Uh, I should probably start paying attention to his videos. Okay. I don't know if Nick Fury is an ENTP, so we'll see. Oh, someone sent a super chat. Can an INTJ be extroverted or the ENTJ introverted? Yeah, or any of the other types? Of course they can. Yeah, it's because cognitive transitions, bro. Watch season 22, which is the cognitive transitions season, and you'll understand what exactly that is. It's in the playlists. INFJs are considered the most extroverted of the introverts. ENTPs are considered the most introverted of the extroverts. Okay, so... The stereotypical extroversion, introversion definitions are not actually what reality is. Reality is closer to the Dr. Linda Barron's definition of introversion and extroversion, right? In combination with the definitions Carl Jung actually put forward. Hopefully that answers your, uh, your, um, your request. So, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, throwing money at Chase. <laughs> Maybe maybe I'll buy Railgun a, a a stripper pole. You know what I'm saying, and you know get like a get some nice neon signs and some a disco ball, you know, and some trance music, and just kind of like see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Anything can happen. I mean, that's what any hero is all about. Anything can happen. You just never know. Like sometimes I I look at my wife and I'm like, okay, get in the car. She's like, oh, where are we going? I'm going here she comes on with so um okay uh but he extroverts okay yeah well that's just kind of how it goes um why didn't Jung door slam the Nazis there's so many different questions about that I mean the guy was an INTP pragmatic I mean he just he just ghosts people okay so what do you want me to say uh as a therapy <laughs> rogue therapist okay i guess i guess that makes sense why it's called rogue therapist um but fair enough um can't injs have a hard time letting go of lifelong habits as well as people yes that's because of their if they're in, if they allow their introverted sensing demon to become etched because that's the thing like injs like they don't really often choose to love or respect somebody, but when they do, they're like all in and they can never let go if they ever get to that point. And that's that's really important to know. It's super, super important to know. Dang, I ran out of water. That sucks. I, um, I had a bunch of uh, Thomas DeLauer's chocolate moo-moos today and that was pretty dope, not gonna lie. Mmm, chocolate. I've been on a really big chocolate kick these days. All right. Not interested in LSD. Um, did you miss the September Q&A? Uh, no. Uh, it should have been reposted by now. Let me text the team about that. Um... Uh, was September Q and A posted? Okay. Um, you're right. 
Yeah, I'm gonna take some magnesium and vitamin C right now. Thank you, beauty. Uh, no, I'm good. I've had lots of chocolate today. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a chocolate person, like crazy. Let's see, I also had. I'm gonna have some of this too. Some magnesium. Mm-hmm. See? Come on. <laughs> okay, th thank you, uh, Stellar Memer. Um, I, I do like the paintings very much. Uh, having an actual real uh, Black Lotus would be cool. Just saying. Uh, what about oval-shaped Earth society? Does that is that a thing? <laughs> what are Lily's bars? I don't know what those are. Yeah, sugar causes heart attacks. No, dude, there's no sugar in here. There's no sugar. This is drinking chocolate with no sugar. Come on, what are you talking about, bro? How can an ENTP help an INFJ INFP after a horrible breakup? I don't know, like. That's so subjective. I need more context for that. Uh, Effie Child. Well, I mean, that's going outside of the uh, scope of what uh, this live stream is for. So, well, I'm glad you said that, Psychic Crocodile, because on Reddit, uh, I was, someone did an, an analysis using objective personality system on the INFJ subreddit claiming that I'm an ESFJ. And I think one of those people has joined us here in the chat. So, um, Michio Kaku, what are good part? I, that's kind of out of uh, scope for this. Um, so yeah, Cube World Society. I don't know. All right. Well, looks like this live stream is like completely fallen off the edge here. So, uh, chocolate is the better caffeine it is. Um, um, would an ENTP get better what an INFJ is going through than an INTJ? No, not unless they're like really well versed in the science. They usually wouldn't get it. Uh, it they'd have to kind of be trained and develop habits around the uh, INFJ to know Byzantium. So, um yeah, I am going to do a lecture about chakras relating to cognitive functions. Yes, I will. Uh, but that's much later. Like, way later. Um, so. Uh, I already did my confessions for today. So. Uh, no, I, okay. I am not saying that SI users should. Uh, um. Uh. I'm not saying SI users should be door slamming people, although it's necessary. They need to learn uh, healthy habits on how to do it necessary, and they should continue to ghost just like an SI user needs to learn how to ghost sometimes instead of always door slam, right? It's about balance, guys. You need to know when to use both strategies, not just one. Not just one strategy. It's super important, okay? So, yeah. Uh, thank you, Luna Luna. Um, yes, this class is completely falling apart. Uh, could you make a video about INTJs and PTSD affecting their stereotypical coldness? They're not cold. INTJs aren't cold. Like, they're not. Uh, stop saying that. What chocolate is my favorite? I'll just tell you. I really like lint chocolate and 95% dark I really like that. Uh, it's probably my most favorite, although it's so interesting because there's actually more carbohydrates in 100% dark than than in the 95% dark. And I'm I'm like, guys, are you sure you calculated that accurately? I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of questioning it there, you know. So, no, 
ghosting and door slamming is not the same thing. And of course, if you were here for the beginning of the live stream, Tanya, you would know that. You know, because I explained that it's not, and I actually defined that. So you're going to have to watch the rewind uh, to get the answer to that one. But the answer is no. Um, so, and INTJ death stare is kind of more of a myth. Uh, it's more of an FI trickster stare, which comes from ETPs, let's be honest. Uh, so, okay. Lint is delicious. Yes, it is. Very much. Very much. Uh, okay. Okay, that's that's nice. Uh, I don't want you to argue until you've watched the video first. So. Oh, the the nugget chocolate that makes you caffeine high for 34 hours. Did we do that one time? I don't remember. Uh... Well, yeah, that's what Confessions of an ENTP is all about, Miho Drahar. It's all about uh, uh, personal stories, right? Why not? I haven't watched Dragon Ball Super to know. Like, come on. Yeah. Okay. Like, I haven't seen every episode, okay? Come on. Oh, my goodness. Uh... Yeah, it's it's Thomas Lauer's chocolate moo moos. Check that out. That's that's I I try to have one a day. It's really good. Like it's really really good. Um, yeah, I got to oh you know what Jacob, you bring up a good point actually. Um, I'm about to release uh, your identity and life's purpose series. Uh, they're coming out very soon uh, this week. Uh, and when that series ends, um, when that series ends, uh, the test will be released, basically. And that's coming off. Um, I hope this isn't too off-topic, says Tara Cannon. How would you encourage an ESFP partner to get past their failure to launch tendencies? Uh, basically, you have to bring a bunch of people around them to criticize them and all say the same thing at the same time so the experted thinking child engages and realizes that you're right about them. Because they're not going to listen to them until multiple people are telling them the same thing at the exact same moment in time. Literally. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know, just get more comfortable or experience more, Chrissy. Season 19 will be back also at the end of this lecture series that I'm about to drop on YouTube, by the way. Um, I am not going to have it behind the paywall. It will be available uh, in the near future. So, um, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Okay. It might be running, Fox. It literally might. Uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I did, I did say that. Yeah. Um... Okay, cool. All right. Season 19 is... Uh, it's already done, and it's basically how to become the best version of yourself. It's your entire path to enlightenment uh, or cognitive integration for all of the 16 types and how to, how to be the best version of yourself and how to become the highest, most mature, optimized, healthy version of yourself, basically, and how to accomplish that. Yes, the chocolate moo's is a recipe. That's what I've been saying, bro. Um... So yeah, awesome. Yes, someone would ghost or door slam over jealousy. Of course they would, absolutely. I will be making season 18 public, yes, after it is finished. I will be making it public. But for right now, it requires an initiate membership to have access to. Uh, you can get that at csjoseph.life forward slash members and all the current episodes of season 18 are now available at the initiate level right now. So. Can you interview your wife about you sometime? Okay, sure. Uh, I am writing a list about how to be the best me right now. Okay, sure. So, 
All right, cool. All right, this live stream has fallen apart and we've gone over an hour. So, um, season 18 is cognitive mechanics. It talks about the nitty gritty mechanics of cognition, basically. Uh, yes, I am, I am a horchata. Um, so, yeah, my background with the, uh, you know, camping chair, you know, my background with, uh, Demolition hammer, you know, just cool stuff, I guess. Demolition hammer is like the ultimate prop, you know? I like that. It's all good. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah. So, cool. All right. I'll see you all later. Yeah, have a good night.